This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Oh, happy Thursday, everybody. An August Thursday night. It is Kenny and Heilprin. No Zach tonight. I'm Ben Kenny, riding solo. No adult supervision. It's the kids' show tonight, if you will. 608 321 1670. If you want to join, I guess the Hall of Fame game is on right now or in an hour. My only official statement on that is I might need some of Aaron Rodgers psychedelics to sit through it. Whatever the hell happens on that field tonight. We're talking Wisconsin Badgers. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Again, 608-321-1670. So it's August 4th. We are 30 days, less than a month now away from Wisconsin opening up their season at home against Illinois State. It's kind of a weird time right now. Training camp has begun. Wisconsin held their media day earlier this week, but there hasn't been much real chatter out of training camp thus far. We'll get into it, though. There are some storylines to note. I'm going to overreact to some of the videos posted on Wisconsin's Twitter account, which is one of my favorite things to do. As the season gets close, Matt Bells of Sports Illustrated will join the show in about 30 minutes to give his thoughts on this team and on media day and all the storylines entering this camp period. Again, the phone lines will be open all show. I I see calls already coming through and I I get it. We're eager, but there are a couple things I want to outline first. So you don't need me to tell you this. I wanted to start here today. This is a show of connectivity, I guess. When something happens in another sport across the state, like when Chris Middleton went down in the playoffs, Zach and I came on here and we talked about who were the guys on this Wisconsin team that they could least afford to lose, that they cannot go without. So when I look across the realm of Wisconsin sports today, obviously there's the Aaron Rodgers podcast appearance where he talks about taking DMT in T and how it's helped him find inner peace. I'm not going to really connect that to this Wisconsin team, except for make a a very, I guess, rehearsed joke that I might need psychedelics if Paul Chris punts from the plus 35 yard line. But the other big story from the week in all seriousness was the MOB trade deadline. You don't need me to tell you probably at this point that the Brewers were sellers. Their ownership uh, completely folded the deadline. Their ownership's kind of a joke at this point. The team is now imploding. They just got swept in Pittsburgh. Hopefully they can turn it around, but it, it has not been really any positive stuff to come out of the Milwaukee Brewers camp over the last week. Yet I looked across the MOB landscape and that kind of sprouted an idea. And I'll give Zach credit. It sucks he can't be here for this, but I'll give him credit. It was partially his idea. If trades existed... In college football, if a trade deadline, let's say, was tomorrow in college football, how would we and and what would you do to bolster this Wisconsin football team? Now, the transfer portal obviously exists, right? Wisconsin went to it often this offseason. They rebuilt the secondary and more. You see teams across the country, whether it's Bama getting somehow some of the more elite players in the country, whether it's a team like Michigan State or Ole Miss, that build their entire roster pretty much from it. Every program goes to the portal. You don't see down years really happen as often for top programs because they're able to replenish talent at this rate. But I'm talking uh, not portal stuff. 
because we know who's available. We know where they go. I'm talking program, inner program, program versus program trades here. So I guess every single bar conversation, every conversation on a boat, around the fire, on a golf course, around this state, this summer, about this team, I guarantee you the first thing brought up is the quarterback position. Where would you bolster on this team? What would you look at first? I guarantee you every single person across the state first mentions quarterback. And rightfully so, right? It's the most important position on the field. Obviously, Graham Mertz at this point is no sure thing. We've seen flashes. We've seen struggles. Now he's entering year three as a starter. Hopefully, this is when it finally comes together. But that's the first place you would look. Across the roster as well, where would I bolster? Maybe tight end, inside linebacker, safety. You could go into the nuts and bolts there. But I think this brings up a larger philosophical thought and and some some provocative stuff about what attitude you bring to this Wisconsin football year. As I said, there aren't really down years for a program like this as often with the portal because you can go and rebuild your secondary. You can fill the holes that otherwise you may not have been able to fill. But what attitude would you bring to this Wisconsin team if the deadline was tomorrow? We saw, yes, David Stearns bring a selling attitude to the deadline. But in terms of Wisconsin, you could go, you could trade maybe recruits, young guys for a proven vet with one year, go all in, if you will, to win the Big Ten this season. You could go the other route, maybe trade dominant upperclassmen or two to get guys that can help for two, three, four years down the road. It's kind of a real retooling year as a fan versus a now or never kind of season. And all of these are hypotheticals. I have to say that. I'm not calling, obviously, for anyone to be traded. Trade deadline does not exist. It's kind of a thought exercise to assess where we as the fan base and we as people who follow this program stand at this point entering the season. So first, I guess for me, I'm kind of in a weird spot going into 2022. I look across the roster and across their recruiting output over the last couple of years, 2019 30th ranked class in the country, 2020 number 27 rising 2021. They get all the way up to number 16. They had a really impressive recruiting run from 2019 to 21. And those players are now, you know, they're young, but they're now getting on the field. The reason Zach Heilprin, my, my great co-host is so confident in the defense and the outside linebacker group. I mean, you look throughout and they're young guys, but they are big time star talent. Her big four star CJ gets, I forget exactly, but he's one of the upperclassmen guys that are more dependable. Caden Johnson was a four star. TJ ballers was a four star. Like the, the star talent in that room is all time high. So they're deep because of that. When you have young guys that are that talented, you're going to see the depth come together when the star talent's that good. So I talk a lot about the blue chip ratio and I don't want to talk big picture national title stuff, but it's been seen throughout maybe the last 10, 15 years. No team that has won the national title in college football has fewer than 50% of their roster as uh, less than four and five star recruits. I guess the more simple way to put it is every team that has won the national title has had at least 50% of their roster be blue chip guys, four and five star recruits. Now Wisconsin's in the upper teens here, so they're not close to that realm yet. It's still, when you look through the past 25 years, 20 years of Wisconsin history, it's the most star talent 
they're going to have in their building. And yeah, I, there is a big walk-on culture and all that stuff. Three stars become great. I get it. But still, stars in college football, they mean your ceiling. When we talk about, you know, all the teams that could go and win the national title, the season and the team could easily just fall off the train tracks if they stop playing for the coach, a couple bad losses happen. But when you have a certain amount of star talent in your building, your ceiling is naturally higher. You can still do all the stuff you do well, but once you get better athletes and highly touted players playing those positions, you will have better football teams have better shots at beating the cream of the crop in the country. So I say all that to say, when I look at this roster, I, yes, they had an impressive run of recruiting. All that talent is young. So it's a big storyline this season. Obviously they replace eight starters on defense. They replace pretty much all of their receiving core minus Chimray DK. They replace their entire secondary in the portal. Pretty much. It's a tough big 10 West that could go really any of five directions. I could hear a case. Some I believe more than others, but I could hear a case for any of the five team, five of seven winning the division. And then there's obviously the big question, a quarterback. So if anything, when I look at this team here and if a deadline was tomorrow, I would lean towards some sort of sell. And I say that because I've been thinking about this for a little bit in terms of when Wisconsin will have their best chance to win the big 10. 2019 was a terrific chance. They ran into an all-time great Ohio state team. 2017, they were close 16, obviously, but last year I thought entering the year, that was their real chance. And Michigan went and won it. That was not the Ohio State dominant team that will keep Wisconsin from winning the title. Now, this coming year, I think they are that big dominant team. So when I talk about this hypothetical trade deadline, if I were to decide whether to try to get recruits, try to get younger quarterback and bring them up in the program, I lean towards sell because I think 2023, and this is something I've I've thought about. I was going to talk about it last week. I think 2023 legitimately is Wisconsin's last best chance to win the big 10. I don't want to throw that out there as some, you know, crazy reactive thought with how this year is shaking out and USC and UCLA joining in 2024, but let's think about it here. Let's sit back. Let's think about next year, not this season, but the year after for this Wisconsin program. The first thing I look to is what does Ohio state look like? CJ Stroud, Last year, we saw growing pains. They almost lose to Minnesota. They lose to Oregon. They end up not winning the Big Ten. They lose to Michigan. Then they kind of figure it out, and that Rose Bowl, they just go ballistic. So C.J. Stroud will be gone. He will be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. Maybe, hopefully, I guess, Ohio State quarterback play steps back a little bit after that. I would assume there would be some growing pains there, but they have more five stars in that room. And some of them we'll get to a little bit when I talk about specific trades that may or may not go through. So there's the Ohio state thing. They could take a step back theoretically after this season, hopefully at least at the quarterback position, I mentioned the USC thing, but in 2024 USC is joining the conference. UCLA is joining the conference. Maybe at that point divisions are no more, but if anything, it's guaranteed Wisconsin will have a harder schedule going forward through 2024 in the future. And therefore, while it's fun as a fan, because we watch better games every weekend, it will make it harder for them to make the title game. And we've talked forever. The whole 
attitude going into every season for Wisconsin is you want to get to the title game, you roll the dice, hopefully you hit on the number. And they will have fewer rolls of the dice once 2024 hits. Even if divisions are still there, they're going to play better games. It'll be harder to get there. So that's kind of the outside of the Wisconsin building reason why 2023 could be the year. But also I look at that roster coming back next season. The offense literally returns everybody. The tight end position will be a lot better. Jack Pugh likely will be the guy there. The receiving core, unless Chimre DK goes to the NFL, they will all be back. The offensive line returns nearly everybody, and they will likely be better second year with Bostad back coaching that position. But Graham Mertz could return then if he has a terrific season and then leads the team then again. Or if he struggles again this year, maybe they go to the portal, find a quarterback. But the offense returns pretty much everybody which is big time for this program, especially where the defense you can rely more upon the offense are the bigger questions on the team. You can mostly find within the offensive room. So returning everybody there, that's big time. The defense in 2023 will lose Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig to the NFL. Likely they'll lose John Torchio. They'll lose Isaiah Mullins and their whole quarterback transfer room. But talked about this three minutes ago, the defensive line is deep. Outside linebacker is deep inside linebackers return. And the secondary, we saw what Paul Chris did this off season. They could go rebuild it. So in terms of star talent and then Jim Leonard, you put all that stuff together. That's another dominant defense. And I mentioned it. The stars are your ceiling. So when you have this much talent in your building and that talent next year will be a year further into college. So that 2021 class will pretty much all be on the field at that point. That's why I, I feel, and uh, I don't want to bring this out just before the 2022 season, but for these purposes, I think it fits. Where 2023, I'm circling it. That's my year. That's the year Wisconsin has to go get it done because it's going to get a lot harder after that. So would you choose to buy? I guess, would you choose to sell if it was the deadline? 608-321-1670. We could take your calls on that. Matt Bells is coming up in about 20 minutes. I got a lot of good submissions for buying and or selling. I'm going to run through them a little bit because they get specific with teams around the Big Ten and this Wisconsin team. Some of them I love, some of them not so much. Then I'll tell you what I would do concretely if I was the GM and trades existed in this beautiful sport we call college football. I'm Ben Kenny, no Zach Heilprin again tonight. Again, Matt Bell's coming up in about 20 minutes to talk this Wisconsin Badger team. What would you do if, if the deadline existed? Let's push the Brewers to the side for a second. Let's try to feel better about things. If you were the GM of Wisconsin football and trades existed in the sport, what approach would you bring? Would you try to sell? Would you try to buy, build for the future? And who, if there are specific names, throw those out as well. We'll talk more about it coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. No Zach Heilprin tonight. We'll be back after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. No Zach tonight. Likely back next week. Wisconsin's in training camp. The trade deadline passed. We're connecting the two. The way I look at it, if this whole thing existed, I mean... This team, I do think they have a legitimate shot at winning the Big Ten West. I think they are rightfully the favorite in that regard. Though if I had to bet, 
I guess, Wisconsin versus the field, I'd probably take the field. I think they definitely have a less than 50% chance if you give me even money on each side to win the West. So, I, I mean, they replace eight starters on defense. Whenever you do that, I expect them to be quite good, but it will not be as good as they were last year. And you could see maybe an injury mean more in that regard than it might if you didn't have to replace all that production. And then offensively, I mean, we all know what the story is, right? The story is Graham Mertz. So if he has a great season, the team will as well. If he struggles again, we'll see the we'll see similar things to what we saw last season. So I guess if I had to make a decision, gone to my head at this moment, buy or sell at the deadline, try to build for the future, I would lean towards building. I would. I think 2023, as I said, is this team's last best chance to win the Big Ten with everything that's going on in college football, with their roster, with uh, you look at teams around the division, Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa will replace quarterbacks next season. Nebraska's a wild card. So it's interesting stuff. 608-321-1670. You want to get a hold of the program, do it. I'm also on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. So I put this out earlier in the week, theoretical trades that you would propose. I had a caveat. They have to be accepted by both sides. So we'll do some we'll do some mini workshopping here with some of these trades that maybe needed some more juice on either end. So the best ones I saw, I think the ones that are the most interesting. First, Scrappy Do hit me up. Thank you, Scrappy. He said Herbig and Logan Brown from Wisconsin to Ohio State for junior wide receiver Julian Fleming and redshirt freshman quarterback Kyle McCord. Now this is a move that kind of falls in line with what I was talking about. You're building, you're giving away one of the best players in the Big Ten, arguably your best player on your roster in Nick Herbig, and then getting a redshirt freshman quarterback, former five-star in Kyle McCord, that has not yet played, yet you could bank on being great. The first thing is he is from Philadelphia. More and more people saying bring more Philly people to Madison. It's not just me, Uh, but there were others that brought up the name McCord. Uh, there was one Braylon Allen to Ohio state for Kyle McCord. I saw Herbig, Logan Brown and Mertz for Fleming and McCord. So similar to the other one. So here's, what's interesting. Interesting is first for Ohio state, Braylon Allen wouldn't really fit on that roster. In theory, they have Travion Henderson, who is also a, I believe he'll be a sophomore or a red shirt. Uh, he will be a red shirt freshman this year. Actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, him and Braylon are 1A, 1B in terms of running backs in the Big Ten. So I don't know, uh, adding Braylon to Ohio State, what that really does in that regard. Uh, the Herbig thing is interesting because if Ohio State needs one thing this season, aside from a competent defense and one that doesn't hold them back, it's a dominant pass rusher. It's a dominant uh, pass rushing ability from the linebacking position, especially maybe Zach Harrison gives that to them, but not close to a sure thing for Ohio State. So that's what I heard big would be the, the big ticket. And it's actually one that could help the Ohio state team. When I look at this Wisconsin defense, I think no doubt Keanu Benton is probably the MVP. If we had to talk about guys that you could, you cannot afford to lose the most. It's probably Keanu Benton because the outside linebacker room behind Herbig is quite good. And listen, Nick Herbig first round pick, second round pick, I future NFL talent, absolute stud, But when I look at the nose tackle position and the trenches, 
a Keanu Benton injury could be more catastrophic than anything next to a Mertz injury this season. So maybe you could talk yourself into putting her big in that theoretical deal that again, this is all hypothetical, not calling for anyone to get traded here. Uh, and Ohio state doesn't need Mertz either. So I would even I, Braylon Allen and Mertz, you might throw in there. I don't know who else moves the needle aside from her big Fleming and McCord. As I mentioned, both five stars. I mean, I love that. If you're able to somehow get a guy to come in and play quarterback two year, one year, two years from now, when the roster has all of the talent it will have going forward. And it, there's kind of a window we're about to enter in because you have all the big time talent from 2021 and 2020, but then 2022 and 23 are both semi down years compared to what the previous production was 2023, especially so. So we're talking about a window here. So if he can excel in that window for Wisconsin, I mean, that's a, that's a home run kind of deal. And that would, yes, make Ohio state a lot better. Wisconsin probably would not have much of a chance to win the big 10 if that deal was made, but you know, we're thinking big picture here. We're thinking future. Another good one I saw uh, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter r- responding to when I put this out there, TJ Heft said Joe Tipman and Julius Davis. Now this is the most interesting one. And I like where he's coming from Tipman and Julius Davis to Purdue for Payne Durham tight end and Tyrone Tracy, the wide receiver. And this ties in actually to a storyline out of training camp that I'll, I'll talk to Matt Bells about, but Bob Bostad said Tanner Bordellini actually is in line to be the second center behind starter Joe Tipman. Bostad really wanted a second guy to train there and stay there and have experience in the result of something bad happening at that position. So that kind of makes you think with one Cormac Sampson being done with football that Michael Fertney will likely be one of the guard spots for Wisconsin uh, at right guard and then right tackle. You don't know, but Bordellini, I mean, he could have played anywhere and the way Paul Chris talks about him, you definitely think he, he could have fought for any of those positions. So him starting as the backup center then makes you think Fertney at right guard and who the hell knows at right tackle, Logan Brown, uh, Riley Malman, Nolan Rucci, whoever emerges there. So this deal, I mean, Payne Durham is an impact guy at tight end. Tyrone Tracy could be an impact guy at wide receiver. I think he would definitely be the number two on this Wisconsin team behind Jim Ray DK. So getting rid of Tipman, you put Bordellini at center. I think that is a downgrade at this point, but maybe not a severe one. This is definitely that idea of buying. What you're doing in this sense is relying on Graham Mertz a lot, right? If you get him two big time weapons, with the team you already have, you are relying on Mertz to have a big time, big time year. So the question there is, is Mertz good enough or will he be for all of that to matter at the skill positions? Uh, I think Purdue maybe would say yes to this realistically if Julius Davis emerges because they need better line play and they last year they had no run game. So if Julius Davis can give them that, could make sense. A couple other good ones uh, before we get Matt Bells on. Brendan said Caden Johnson, Logan Brown, and Graham Mertz for Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback, which is funny because Wisconsin plays him in September when Washington State comes to town. He's electric. He went crazy at a smaller school. I forget which one exactly transfers to Washington State. Washington State says yes to that in a second because the talent on that roster is not where it needs to be with all the coaching turnover. 
So I Cam Ward's dynamic. I don't think he necessarily fits the offense, but that would be a, definitely an interesting player to see come and play on a very conservative Wisconsin offense and Wisconsin team. Uh, I'm sure very randomly this was brought up without any prior thought. Uh, Mertz and Braylon to USC for Caleb Williams. I mean, whatever. Caleb Williams. I That, that name's going to be mentioned forever. USC says no to that for the record. So those are the, those are the good ones. I guess if, if it came down to it, I, as I said, I would probably lean towards selling with this team and look at 2023. And I don't say any of this to take away from what they could accomplish this season. Like they have a legitimate shot to win the West. And therefore, if you're playing well enough, they can win the conference. I don't want to take anything away and doubt them. We're just, you know, when you think this out there, what would be their better chance at all of this? I think 2023 is that answer. I love the Kyle McCord idea. If he can come in and, and be the guy next season, if you wanted to buy this season, I think the best path to go down realistically is package Mertz and Braylon, go to Kentucky, get future first round pick and future NFL guy, Will Levis, because uh, former Wisconsin running backs coach, John Settle there, at Kentucky, they want to run the ball and Mertz could probably play into their very run heavy offense. And if you get Will Levis in this Wisconsin offense, ooh, look out. I don't know if Kentucky does that though, but that's the first place I went or I would maybe go to, you know, Utah, Ohio state, Notre Dame, name your college football playoff contender. Try to get some of their younger guys that can help the team two, three, four years down the road, maybe a quarterback prospect, which Wisconsin really has not gotten in the current uh, recruiting classes moving forward. So interesting stuff. I maybe take your calls coming up here after Matt chimes in next 608-321-1670. We will chat with Matt Bells, Sports Illustrated, at Save by the Bells on Twitter when we come back about Wisconsin training camp, this Wisconsin roster, Graham Mertz, obviously, all of the big storylines. That is next. I'm Ben Kenny. No Zach Heilprint tonight, but it's Kenny and Heilprint. This is Kenny and Heilprint on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It's Kenny and Heilprin. No Zach again tonight. I'm Ben Kenny. If you miss any of this show, want to hear our stuff from Big Ten Media Days or any previous shows, podcast is always up just a little bit after the conclusion. Uh, but now we go on the hotline. Joining us now, Matt Bells. He covers Wisconsin football for Sports Illustrated, SI, All Badgers. He is at Saved by the Bells on Twitter. Matt, one, how are you? Two, are, are you getting the same kind of pre-college football juices that I am? Uh, definitely. Um, feeling ready for it. Um, being at Camp Randall earlier this week just really kind of lit that fire once again. So I, I'm pumped, but I'm doing great. How are you, man? So, yeah, you know, it's another Thursday. Uh, honestly, it's been a little bit fun, and I guess it's good that it's 637 and not a normal time of the day, but it's been kind of fun reacting to the disaster that was the Brewers' deadline. And while I don't want them to lose, it, I, I mean, it's it's becoming comical at this point what has gone on. But I want to start there. So you're at Wisconsin. Uh, you're at Camp Randall for media day there. Any big takeaways from that aside from the normal bland Paul Chris press conference? Yeah, Paul Chris didn't shed a lot of light on anything, which is 
to be expected. And anybody who follows the team well enough knows that that's the case. But I think there was some nuggets to glean from Bob Bostad, Jim Leonard, um, some of the other coaches and players that we had a chance to talk to. Um, Bob Bostad sounds like a guy who really has his line set up outside of that right tackle position. Um, I know that there was a lot of questions going in about Tanner Bordellini. Would he play at guard? Would he play at tackle? Where would he be? Uh, sounds like he's locked in as the number two center. Uh, Bostad just really loves his ability to be there um, and just as a, a re- insurance policy behind Tipman. And then at right guard, that kind of leaves Fertney. I think if he were to go down, Bordellini would slot in. But then you've got the two four- and five-star freshmen kind of waiting in the wings in Riley Malman and Nolan Rucci at right tackle and then are going to be battling, I guess you could say, against Logan Brown, another five-star guy. So a lot of talent over there, but you know, Bob Bosted said he's going to have all three going at it, and I think that's going to be one of the more exciting battles to watch. Um, and in the cornerback room, I think that was something that was brought up by both Hank Poteet, when I had the chance to talk to him, and Jim Leonard, they both think this is like a really good group, which I think Wisconsin had a good cornerback group last year. I think this will be even better potentially. Which is, it's kind of a shame because I listen to a lot of national talk or kind of Big Ten wide talk entering the season. And because they brought in so many transfers, a lot of the thoughts nationally are, oh, maybe teams can go and throw all over this Wisconsin defense which I think as talking to Zach Howprin every day and reading everything coming out of camp, it really feels like that's not going to be the case. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. I think part of it will be, depend on the health of safety. I mean, they are throwing so many guys at that position. Right. It, it's kind of crazy at this point. They went from four healthy guys in the spring to now they've got 13, um, which is just like nine guys coming over. Um, you know, part of that is shifting guys from different positions, but I think as long as Hunter Wohler lives up to the expectations that I think he can bring and that Jim Leonard talked about, I think that they're going to be in good hands because I think John Torchio is going to be a very reliable guy back there. And the corners are just, I think that's a very deep group. You go to a guy like Ricardo Holman's probably going to be your fourth or fifth guy. And I think in most years he's challenging to be your nickel guy. Right. So uh, let's go defense wide for a second because they're crazy loaded at outside linebacker. The questions are there at inside and they bring back, obviously, Keanu Benton there, a nose tackle. Do you think there is a really big step back by the defense this season? And obviously, because of how good they were last year, there might be a natural one. But how do you see this defense as a whole shaking out, having to replace eight starters? I think there's going to be enough foundational pieces there with Benton and Herbig, like you mentioned, that I think they're going to be in, in good shape. I, I, and you look at the secondary, what the Badgers were able to get after the passer a lot last year, which really helped their secondary. I think having a good secondary might be able to help that front seven kind of adjust to things um, early on in the year. But I think they'll be great. I won't say they're going to be at the same level as they were last year, which I think was, you know, top two in the country um, going toe to toe with Georgia. So I think you, I still think they're going to be a top 20 defense. I do think that a lot of this season is just going to come down to the offense, which I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point. Yeah, I I guess last thing on, we definitely will, and Graham Mertz specifically, but with the defense, I guess where I am paused with the whole hype around it is I'm very confident in every spot, even really in the secondary as a whole. Inside linebacker, I just don't know. I like Jordan Turner a lot. I just don't know who's next to him. And watching the team last year, 
part of the reason they were so good at pressuring the quarterback, like look at that Purdue game, it's because Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn were on the quarterback in literally a second where they were able to blow up so much of the opposing offensive strategy just because those two guys were so good. And obviously, I don't think the guys at Insider are going to reach that level. I think they could still be good. But I, I'm paused a little bit with the hype just until I see what that position looks like. I think that makes a ton of sense, especially when you bring up pressure. I think that's where I've seen it. That's what I put as my biggest question for that group. I think they'll be fine against the run. I think you put Keanu Benton in front of anybody, they're going to do pretty well. I, I just I agree with you that I think that you look at Tate Grass, I think he's the front runner to be with Turner. And he's a, he also did a lot of really good things rushing the passer in high school. And that was something that Jim Leonard brought up that kind of surprised me um, it, during media day. But I do think that him and Mumajong Meta, you might see more of a rotation. We saw last year it was like 97% of snaps were to those two studs in the middle. I think that you might see more of Muma mix in there, maybe Jake Cheney as well, just because there is youth and they don't know what they have. And I think with that comes opportunities for some extra guys to get in there. Yeah, it's a shame Zach and I did a breakout player semi-draft a couple weeks ago. One of the guys I took was Spencer Lytle, though that was before we learned that he was actually injured and a little bit slow entering camp. So I had to to sub someone in, but I'm with you there in inside linebacker. So, I mean, Let's go to the offense. I don't know a better way to ask it than what in the world are we getting from Graham Mertz this season? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I think I think it's crazy to think that it's going to be a, a wild difference than what we've seen so far, but I do think that we'll see progress. I think in the spring, and I know Zach has talked about this, that we saw some cleanup in his mechanics, a little bit better footwork. I thought that was one of the things that really hurt him last year. Um, and I think the offensive line being better will go a long way, specifically on the left side, having Jack Nelson there. Um, Bob Osted said that that's, that's their beachhead, basically going with a wartime reference, talking about that he just started there as the guy who's going to start the front up for them. And But I, I do think that it really just comes down to Mertz's ability to limit mistakes, which really killed this team last year, and being consistent. Um, and I, I know everybody's been saying the same thing, and now it's just a matter of seeing it at, at this point. It's also, to me, really about explosive plays by the offense because they'll have success running the ball. I think they'll be better moving the chains. Like Mertz will make better decisions in those areas in terms of getting the ball out on time. But in terms of the deep ball, that's where my real – Obviously, the interceptions and the fumbles and that stuff. But first, it's about whether he can actually connect on the deep ball consistently because they're, they're going to need to be explosive this year. And I don't know if you're a big fan of this, but I spent today overreacting to Wisconsin football's videos from training camp, just like every little nugget I saw. Like Jack Nelson looked great. Um, Aaron Witt is still on a scooter, which sucks. But in terms of connecting on the deep ball, I think Wisconsin has the talent on the outside. Like you give me Keontes Lewis burning by somebody. That's just where until I see it, I can't be confident in Mertz, you know, leading the offense to winning the big 10 West. Absolutely. That is the number one thing that was missing last year beyond the turnovers that killed them. They, they couldn't stretch the field at all. And I mean, you look at it, Danny Davis had that long of 72. That was completely after the catch. Most of their long plays came after the catch other than, that clay Cundiff play, which they schemed <laughs> open. I, I think that's we will a trivia see more. Question. Yeah. Like it, that's just one of the wildest things that, Hey, this guy who played five games last year had the second longest reception for 40 some yards. 
but I do think that Ingram is doing things in a way to scheme guys open and give guys an opportunity to create space. I think you'll see more plays out of the backfield, which will also make it so that teams will have to, to come up a little bit on that, which opens up the door to take it over the top. It's about Mertz hitting it. We saw plenty of times last year where you'd have a streaking Jim Ray DK, I think back to that Notre Dame game, and it's airmailed. And it, it was those type of throws that you got to give the guys a chance. And I, in the spring, I thought he did a better job of it. But like, like I said, the spring is different than Illinois State or especially Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know how different the spring will be uh, between that and Illinois State. It might be more challenging, frankly, than when they're on the field. Uh, Matt Bell is joining me at Saved by the Bells on Twitter, B-E-L-Z. He covers Wisconsin football for SI All Badgers, Sports Illustrated. Last one before I let you go. Uh, Gun to your head right now. The over-under for the team is set at eight and a half, though I I think everybody has set over. They think nine nine and three is likely. If I had to set the over-under at nine and you could not choose a push, which side would you take for this team this year? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, push is like exactly where most are at. I I would honestly, I think it's more likely they win. If we're not talking bowl game, I think it's more likely they win eight wins than 10 games in the regular season. And that's just me being a pessimist and saying, hey, until the offense proves me wrong, which I think they will, I hope they will, um, for Badger fans' sake, I, I'm going to go with eight. But really, I think nine and then get to ten with a bowl game, set yourself up for 2023 when I think they have a lot of pieces coming back is, is a more likely scenario. So if I talked about this earlier, I was playing around with it. If there was a theoretical trade deadline and you could like go all the way in for a Will Levis like from Kentucky, a one-and-done quarterback, or just to throw a random name out there, Caleb Williams, to come in and lead the team for a year, uh, or I guess sell a little bit and try to build, would you lean towards 2023 being that year? I would. Um, so I would I would hold Pat right now with where they're at just because of how much they have coming back on both sides of the ball. But, I mean, Caleb Williams would be a little different because you give him for two years. So right. I, would, I, would, yeah. I would go all in for him and, and make whatever trade you needed to make happen, you do it. But I, I think that for most other players, especially a guy like Will Levis, um, I think that I would I would hold Pat and, and just ride into the season. I'm definitely not selling on this team by any means, but I wouldn't jeopardize your future to to get an extra win or two this year because I do think 2023 will be even better. I got you. I, I think the parallels drawn to the Brewers right now are kind of scary, though this is all <laughs> hypothetical and that just realistically happened. Uh, Matt, awesome stuff. Appreciate the time. We will chat again as the season comes. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Matt Bells, SI All Badgers, Sports Illustrated, at Saved by the Bells on Twitter. Awesome stuff there. He maybe even wouldn't wouldn't sell necessarily. Maybe just go in and stand pat, go into the year with Mertz, see what it looks like, and then reassess as the year passes. Something he said I want to revisit in terms of the Wisconsin offense, and also when we come back, I mentioned the overreaction. There are Twitter videos up from the Wisconsin football account. I'm going to overreact to them one of my more favorite things to do during the offseason final segment that's all coming up it's kenny and heilprin this is kenny and heilprin on the wisconsin sports zone network all right welcome back in it's the final segment it's kenny and heilprin no zach 
tonight. I'm Ben Kenny. We're out of here. Seven, eight minutes. Uh, something Matt said while chatting with him. Matt Bell's is Sports Illustrated. Go find his stuff. SI All Badgers online. We're talking about the offense and opening it up. I was talking about explosiveness for Mertz, but he said one of the focuses has to be uh, this season in terms of what to watch. It's what Bobby Ingram can do to scheme people open. And that is a storyline we have talked about all offseason with the new offensive staff coming. Paul Chris makes the changes. They were really predictable last season. It felt like, especially towards the end against Minnesota, I mean, they stacked the box. They had Braylon Allen bottled up. And even when they tried to throw, it felt like Minnesota knew what was coming. And that had a little light dinged off in my head. It reminded me earlier today, I saw Evan Flood of 24-7 Sports tweet this out. 24-7 Sports did an article where they talked to anonymous college football coaches and had them, or Athlon Sports, excuse me, and had them uh, mention maybe one thing about every team that isn't great or something off the record they could say. And I'll read you the quote, what was said about Wisconsin. An anonymous coach said, it's UW, so you're running the ball, but they struggle when that's all you can do and teams can go cheat on you. And yeah, they have this one very specific offensive identity, but still you can't get stale within that. Their red zone execution really suffered last year because they were easy to predict. They need new ideas. They need some playmaker receivers. They need to make you respect the whole field. So what Matt was saying right there, I'm completely with. Number one, when they're in the red zone, and some of them were the horrible fumbles, but just in general, they were not efficient in the red area. When you get down there, there has to be better uh, scheme in terms of getting guys open. But also, you look at the perimeters. I think they have to do a better job getting the ball into the playmaker's hands and making the defense at least think about the entire field so that then Braylon Allen can find some room up the middle. So it's kind of a full force attack, if you will. And they're going to need to be much better in the red zone this season, especially when you play Iowa at Iowa, when you play Minnesota at home and points are a premium in those games, it's all going to be about efficiency in those areas. And Wisconsin was bad third down red zone. They were bad last year. It has to be better if they're going to win the West uh, and get back to Indianapolis real quick. couple minutes before we get out of here. So Wisconsin football did tweet out some videos from training camp today. One of my favorite pastimes throughout following this program is to overreact to the videos I see on Twitter. So there's one first with Jack Nelson going up against TJ ballers. And I, I actually wrote down like 30 notes from all of this. I'll run down a few of them. Uh, Jack Nelson looks absolutely unstoppable at left tackle. And by the way, don't clip any of these overreactions because uh, if they're wrong, I don't want them in the ether and they definitely are not well thought out takes, but another video chase Wolf threw a pick Ben Barton backup nose tackle got in there and tipped it. And Julius Davis was there with the twos. Maybe uh, uh, Garendo coming along a little slower. We'll see what Julius Davis can do with, this opportunity uh, still with Malusi and Garendo. They're healthy, but they're not full go maybe yet. Aaron Witt was seen again in the background on a scooter. That sucks. I mean, that's a guy since 2020 just has not been healthy. He's been on a scooter for like two years now. It's a guy that really flashed when he was on the field for a couple games in 2020. And all the talk within the building is like, this dude wants to be back. You know, uh, he's approaching everything with the best attitude he can but just setbacks and setbacks, which sucks. 
Uh, and the last one, I mentioned the deep throwing from Mertz. There was a video, Dean Engram at wide receiver, who looks smooth going up against one of the backup safeties. I believe it was Owen Arnett there in, in a shell one-on-one drill. Little bit of an underthrow from Mertz. Is there something there? Likely not. But that did bring up my thought of, you know, this year deep ball accuracy is going to be uh, close to everything for him. Where once he gets the little stuff down, if this Wisconsin team is going to, if the offense specifically is going to take a big jump up and uh, say rise into the tier above maybe where they were last season, like think back to 2019. What could that team do aside from run the ball and move the sticks? Jack Cohn and Quintez Cephas could connect on deep balls. They have to find a way to be explosive because they'll beat the teams they're better than still if Mertz plays well. But how do they go beat Ohio State? How do they go on the road and beat Michigan State? You got to have explosive plays. So that's one big thing I'm watching. That'll pretty much do it for us tonight. Uh, no Zach Heilprin. I, you know, it was partly his idea to do the whole trade deadline thing. I decided to to take it in because it's very timely. The trade deadline just passed in the MLB. And it's something that we've talked about on Wisconsin radio here on this station, especially over the last couple of days. I wanted to, to flip it a little bit and talk Wisconsin in that light, because if I had to sit and look at a year where they can go out and win the big 10, this year's not the one I circle. It's next year. And don't want to take anything away again. I've said that a lot, but still, to be clear, not taking away what they can achieve this season because they can go do it. It's in the realm of possibility, but their best chance, I think, is 2023. So if a trade deadline existed, maybe build for that year a little bit, get a quarterback, If see what this year's like with Mertz, and then if you need to, get a quarterback going forward, a couple impact guys maybe on the outside, and then roll the dice. Get to Indy, roll the dice. That's kind of the motto for this team. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for hanging around. We will be back next Thursday, full force, with Zach Heilprin back in studio. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.